0: Uh, hello uh, again and welcome to another episode of the Benicia Voice podcast, uh, giving the Benicia community a voice. Uh, we'd like to welcome you back again, uh, we hope you've had a good week, um, and uh, this week, last week we had Terry Scott um, in, giving his uh, voice on the, uh, for his uh, uh, part in the election and being candidate for City Council. This week, tonight's guest is Kerry Birdseye. Uh, hello Kerry uh my like I said my name is Reuben Brunt I am the host and uh we also have two other guests in today We have mark Mcdonald a longtime Benicia resident uh for over thirty years uh he's had uh many business experience and uh he's had some political experience some banking experience as well uh and we also have Andy Brunt a business owner uh, and our editor for today's podcast um so yeah, I'd like to start with um, with you, Kerry. Um Good to see you here at last in the studio. Um, if you'd like, if uh, I'm just wondering, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I've read some uh, some some good things, read some things as well. If you want to introduce yourself and how you came to Benicia and uh, things like that, really, if you'd like to introduce.
1: Well, thank you, Ruben think i am really happy to be here with you on your podcast thank you benicia's voice i think it's a wonderful podcast that you guys are starting up and i'm honored to be here so a little bit about me my name is carrie birds i'm running for benicia city council i've lived here since the year 2000 i raised two children in this community uh i uh love this community with my heart and soul. The pandemic has even deepened that romance because I no longer commute into San Francisco for work. I do so uh, once a week when I can, but I am a Benicia girl through and through, and that's why I'm running for city council. I care about this community so much, and I'll, um, just to get to know me a little bit, I, uh, I'm a former journalist. I worked at CNN for 11 years. And then I came back to California from Atlanta in in the year 2000 to work in the wine industry. And I was in the wine industry for about three or five years. And I really uh, became interested in the environmental impacts of agriculture and, you know, the monoculture that the wine industry was spreading at the time. And so I helped develop the Code of Sustainable Wine Growing Practices, which is a a statewide sustainability program. And it's a workbook that helps both the wineries and the vineyards become more sustainable. And that program, since I helped develop it and then did the workshops throughout the wine community, um, that program has received the governor's environmental and economic leadership award five times. So that wow. was I consider that <laughs> my third yeah. baby. Well done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Congratulations on that. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, thank you.
0: So yeah, and I mean that's that's really good. Um, so you've been here for a, a long time and had a lot of experience with that. Um, that's that's uh, that's really cool. So. Um, what what sort of brought you to, before that? What brought you to Benicia? What what, what do you like about this place? Uh,
1: well, Benicia, you know, we were looking around. I, I was born in Oakland and raised in the Sierra foothills, um, but went to school at San Francisco State and then later University of San Francisco. I love the Bay Area. My new job brought me back to San Francisco, and I really wanted to find a community where I could raise a family, afford to live, and um, feel safe and part of the community. And Benicia has done just that for me, me and my family. So when the kids were young, I got, that's when I really started my volunteer work within the community here. I was on the uh, Matthew Turner PTA and worked my way up to being president for years and years. And um, we have, at, at the elementary school at the time, uh, a yearly fundraiser where we ne- we affectionately called it the mom prom, where we yeah. could all get dressed up and have an auction and raise good money for good things for the kids and the teachers, and I took that annual fundraiser from... A netting $30,000 a year to more than $100,000 a wow, year good. so that's also something that I'm very proud of Well, well and done. and
2: that work is um, voluntary isn't it when it's all
1: voluntary the, when you're on the PTA
2: I mean I've done it myself um, it is literally giving your time back to the school and the community to without being paid for it which is some people are prepared to do that some people not so much. So.
1: That's, that's right. So is being city council.
2: Yeah. Oh yes, of course. That's exactly. right, and it's, that's it's an, that's empty, an interesting position. point.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, worth mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as this is uh, leading on to the next question. Um, so what uh, what's making you want to run for city council? Um, that, that's one of the things I'm going to ask. And then the next bit is what do you want to achieve? Um, as what what do you hope to achieve? if you get elected as uh, for City Council?
1: well to answer your first question I think that running for City Council is just an extension of my community service I'm not a politician I'm a community servant and so I have been well I started my service to the city um, in the mid 2010s um, by no, actually, before that, early two thousands on the Benicia uh, Benicia Human Services Board, and a lot of people don't know about that board, but it's um, important work. They admit it. They administer and manage the city grants that go to nonprofits throughout Benicia that serve our underserved community. So, like the uh, community action council. Um, they help out with some after-school programs and, and kids kids that are struggling. And all these great um, community groups that need an extra financial help, well, the, the city takes donations and then administers these grants. And, and so that's how I got into city service. And um, I was appointed by the, the mayor and city council to that position. And then in 2014, I was appointed to the Benicia Planning Commission. And um, I was a cub commissioner when the Crewed by Rail project was proposed by Valero. And, um, you know, I did my homework. I came with an open mind. Um, We spent just months and months, and the community was really engaged in that public hearing process. And that planning commission... Uh, unanimously denied Valero's proposed project and then ultimately it was appealed to the city council and the city council did the same and since then I have um, been elected by my fellow uh, planning commissioners to be chair since 2017 so I'm honored um, in that role and I have learned so much about our our community through through both of those positions, and I really respect the people at our city hall. I love the things that they're doing, and that's why I'm running for city council.
0: Well, that's brilliant. I'm glad you're you know involving the community and things like getting everybody involved in it. That's a really good sign, you know, to see. Um, you know, so what what um, would you see? What What do you hope to improve? or What do you hope to really achieve? Like I said. At, at city council, um, how do you see Benicia moving forward, um, especially also for younger people,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like in coming to this town, or
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, who are finishing, you know, who, or who who are looking to live in this town?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you see uh, the future here? That's a really Benicia? good,
1: yeah, really good question, Ruben So, um, well. First off, I'll start with my priorities, and I have three top priorities. First of all, we need to diversify our tax base here. We need to bring new businesses and new jobs to Benicia to ensure that we have a sustainable future ahead of us. Secondly, I want to um, m- ensure access to clean water and clean air And that means monitoring what's in our air so we know um, how to best protect ourselves. And then ensuring a, a strong infrastructure where we don't become the next Flint, Michigan, or Newark, New Jersey, or Jackson, Mississippi, where we have to, you know, get our drinking water in jugs. And that means keeping our city budget on track and keeping our infrastructure, our water infrastructure, our wastewater infrastructure, every everything that makes Benicia, Benicia, we need to ensure that those are all strong. And then thirdly, I want to be a good neighbor at City Hall. And that means being transparent, being empathetic, and being available to everybody, not just the people yep. that give big donations or, or have seem powerful in Benicia. And then I said there were three, but to address your question about the future and young people in our community, um, it's important that we concentrate on the long vision of housing in our community. And I've been working on housing issues the whole, you know, the past seven years that I've been on the planning commission. And it's important that we create housing opportunities that fit our community, and that means infill in in the already built-out environment. In in Benicia, we recently identified more than a thousand parcels that can accommodate housing units in in our community without, you know, expanding into open space. I am a huge proponent of Measure K, which is going to be on the ballot. Yeah, I saw about that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we don't need to expand into our open space. We need to keep that um, urban growth boundary around Benicia and ensure that we do smart housing infill. So, my daughter can afford to live in Benicia and our seniors can afford to live. In Benicia, and maybe downsize out of their bigger houses in Southampton, and find something within Benicia that's affordable um, for both young folks and seniors. And so those are that's also a big priority of mine.
2: Well, that's a good priority. Yeah, that
0: is a very good priority. uh, You know, because it then works for you know everybody. I mean, myself included. I'm 25 right now. and visually impaired as well, and I, I really like this place. I love Benicia. I love how walkable it is. Um, I love the fact that I can get into you know the public transport isn't too bad either. But the issue, the side issue is, is the affordability of where I'm going to live, and you know, it's not like I said, it's not just faced by younger people. It's faced by you know seniors.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a thing with with uh, for everybody. Um, particularly when so you, particularly, you grow up in you know, a place like Benicia, and then you can't afford to live in Benicia, mm-hmm. that is a, that is a problem.
0: And and also living in Benicia, but also being able to experience the the local businesses and being able to, you know, you know, uh, enjoy them and things like that. Being able to enjoy the life and downtown life in Benicia, so. That's the thing. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go to some questions. Um, if I'm going to go head to, head over to Mark to see if he has any questions. Um, oh, like I have questions, have. Ruben. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, uh, we're going to be just asking a, a couple of questions. If you have, a, if you have a couple of them, I don't oh,
3: know. I'd I'd love to ask. Uh, you know, uh, being that you have such great experience with the Planning Commission, I know that for decades now there's been discussion about uh, developing a section of property that's in the old arsenal between the jefferson street mansion and the commandants and i understand that there's a project that is uh, perhaps has been approved or is tentative to being approved And i wanted to know you know what your feeling is on that if that project is moving forward uh, I know that this time, instead of uh, luxury homes, they're focusing on affordable housing for, I believe, seniors. So it's very curious about that.
1: Right. So there's actually two housing projects that have been proposed and tentatively approved. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both streamlined by Senate Bill 35, which basically takes the discretionary review away from local jurisdictions. So the two proposed projects did not get the local review mm-hmm. that housing projects, especially multi-unit housing mm-hmm. projects, usually do. And the reason that we didn't get discretion for these for these proposed projects is because the state says that we have not built built enough uh, housing Mm -hmm. on every level on Mm -hmm. every level from above affordable or above um, median income all the way down to the lowest income and so while we did public hearings Mm -hmm. public listening sessions on this the city really didn't have a lot of um, influence, influence on, on these two proposed housing projects, and so from what I understand, mm-hmm. they um, the developers are, are moving forward, and there's many local residents, inclu- including many of the people that own houses on Jefferson Street, mm-hmm. are not happy about this. Oh, really? And um, it's you know, we listened to our community, we gave all kinds of different um, public hearings to it, but ultimately they checked all the boxes that the state says that we could control, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe they're both moving forward.
3: This would be the section. Uh, the I believe it's owned by Bordelonzo and Whitehead, and then there's another section that's down below uh, Adam Street. Mm-hmm. That's the. And I forget, I I think one is the Olson property. Is that part of Olson or does she sell that?
1: I'm not sure who owns it, but I know one's on Park Road. There's a Park Road project Mm -hmm. and then there was a Jefferson.
3: Oh, okay. The Park Road project, that must be right on the corner of Mm -hmm. Jefferson and Mm -hmm. Park Road. That's right. And they've been waiting to develop that for years as well.
1: Right, right.
3: Okay. Well, you know... You know, change is inevitable, unfortunately, and the state has uh, stepped in and made it easier for property owners as long as they fulfill certain requirements to uh, make affordable housing or housing at all levels now, it looks like, uh, especially in towns like Venetia that need infill to create more housing.
1: Right, but these are not purely affordable housing projects. Okay. Each project will have one or two units that will be affordable mm-hmm. and the rest of them are market 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 price. Bank. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah and, and this is what we were saying earlier it's the fact that it's not um when we when we talk about affordable housing it's not it's just going to absolutely fill up with affordable housing and just go everywhere we would it needs to be you know done in a smart way which is what you were talking about carrie you're doing it in a you know making sure it's done in a smart way and the fact that it's not Going into the real open spaces where you know it's not going to go too far with it. Well, Um, I think that's the measure K K that you support
3: is to to prevent open space from being, which I also support because I believe that I like my oasis of Venetia. I I find it it's the thing that you know I don't want to see Venetia absorbed by uh fairfield or vallejo and just become a suburb of those towns Mm. i want it to remain its unique character the way it is i live here too i have a small place downtown you know it's it's right on the edge of your gateway project you know so uh you know i i you know welcome the development in that area as far as that goes some of it needs to be uh developed in a make sense fashion i'm looking forward to see the the finalized plans i haven't seen them yet the
1: eastern gateway project eastern
3: gateway yes Mm -hmm. i live one block from there Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. right down
1: n street Uh, i'm really excited about that that Mm. project and i just learned today that the city of has received a couple grants to do improvements on the sidewalks and Mm. make it easier for developers to come in and you know bring good mixed-use projects there you know businesses on the bottom housing up top and so we put a lot of work in into that project
3: yeah, i think it's worthwhile mm-hmm. i really do i think that's i think it's a smart use of the of that particular section of town you know there's a lot of of uh, multifamily units there already uh, uh something that's uh, befits the style of our city mm-hmm. to be put there i think it'll enhance the beauty of the city enhance the the lifestyle of the residents uh, I don't see and if we can get some economic activity there and then tie it into our already bustling first street that would be great
1: it would be truly a walkable community at wouldn't it be nice point? you know yeah.
3: or even even if we had you know perhaps some local uh, shuttle service between the eastern gateway and the downtown yeah that's a good idea you that's know. a
0: great idea i mean uh this was a previous thing we were talking about I want and another question uh that i'm going that i want to ask is how do you feel about transportation i'm like i said i'm visually impaired i rely on uh walkable places and public transit and a mixture of lyft and uber now and again um because I, it's uh, promoting independence, especially for our seniors, and also for people who maybe cannot afford uh, a car, or maybe you know, choose not to choose not to car. own a car. Yeah. So if they decide, you know, not to. So um, how do you, how would you feel about you know improving? Uh, would you want to like improve public transportation in this town uh, for, for for people?
1: Absolutely, I think I'm a big proponent of public transportation. That's the only way that we're gonna lessen our, you know, greenhouse gas emissions is as more people get out of our cars and we have more options for public transportation. Yeah,
0: I think not just that. I think it makes it easier for people who own uh, cars as well for parking, say downtown and in in areas because then there's a choice. It's not you know forcing people out. There's a choice then if people want to use. Um, a public transit service to get down.
1: You know, we recently had a candidate forum at Rancho Penisha which is a 55 and older community, and they had their, their bus stop taken away a couple of years ago when several of the... Uh, transit authorities merged, and the the people in that community really felt that, and it it lessened their options, their transportation options. So one thing I pledged to that community is I will fight to get their their buses back and and get more public transportation um, into Benicia. You know our mayor sits on the Soltrans um, board and he he's you know bringing that perspective of uh, bringing the convenience of affordable and accessible and reliable public transportation options to to benetian because it's not just important for seniors it's important for the the disabled the you know people that like you said don't have enough uh Money for a car or the environmentalists that don't want to buy the cars,
0: and also drivers, uh, and you know, people who still you know they prefer to drive if they fancy that. And you know, it takes a pressure off parking, it takes a pressure like I said, it, it's it giving solves more options, basically. just giving you know more options and of you know, and giving more choices. And it, it does end up taking it works and it solves a problem for a lot of people.
2: Well, as Ruben has discovered public transport in and out of Benicia actually is quite good mm-hmm. um, compared to other places in in the United States. I mean, you've got a direct link, you've got a bus that takes you to Walnut Creek, you've got BART, you've got the uh, bus that will take you to the ferry terminal, Ruben? Would it take you to the ferry uh, it terminal? It takes you to the Vallejo Transit Very Center. Ter- and then you pick uh, up another bus there. And then what was the Uber and what's the lift? So p- there's the, the first last mile program
0: from Uber and Lyft. Which or, has been from which Lyft, is pretty really good. Uh, which is, uh, uh, basically subsidized so if your lift rides under twenty five dollars so say the the ferry terminal or say to uh anywhere like that, it will subsidize it by eighty percent and then round Benicia, people can utilize the lift pass uh for three dollars, but I do agree it 's a shame that um because not everybody can use Lyft um or you you may not be able to use those apps um so I think i I completely agree it 's a shame that the bus stop has gone. And the people can't access the downtown area from there. Yeah. Um, especially, I think, you know, in big events and things as well. I think, you know, it, like I said, it, it solves all sorts of issues yeah. when you, uh, you know, have a lot of choices for public transport. And like what we were saying earlier, when you have all the, more of these housing, uh, housing there, it, we, we also will need a good trans, transit system to help with that.
2: So I've got a question just to, because we're moving on here, I've got a question about sales tax and I've been looking at uh, Measure C. Now is there a proposal to increase sales tax again? And I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Mark talked to me about it and to Ruben as well. So we've got a few minutes left. That would be useful just to touch on that
1: so measure r is going to be on the ballot this november and um it is a sales tax increase um, less than one cent on the dollar for uh not groceries but other you know things that you buy throughout benicia and um i support the sales tax and here's why um our roads are embarrassingly bad and our city has been you know the last couple years desperately trying to improve them to get them they're rated on this system and we the only other city in Solano County that has worse roads than Benicia is Vallejo and so this is a you know this is a priority for Venetians. Venetians has have said that they want their roads improved so city council has diverted funds from the general general fund to do that 4.5 million for the last couple years it's not sustainable to do that and try to do keep our full service community (coughs) afloat We, we have our own fire our own police, our own library, our own pool, our own water systems. And those things cost a lot. And they're not going to get any cheaper. So in order for us to get our roads up to where we need them, we need an additional $5 million a year. And the financial folks have crunched the numbers. And they say that this sales tax will help us over the next 10 years spend the money that we need to get to where our roads need to be and you know it can be repealed by the voters once we get our roads in order We, we can put another ballot initiative on 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 the uh ballot and and repeal that once it's done but um that's why I, I, I support it. I have um, complete and utter, utter faith in our city hall staff to do the right thing. And there'll be an advisory uh, board to ensure that those, those monies are spent the way that w- they are intended. And I trust our city council to do the right thing because the measure C funds were spent exactly where they said they were going to be spent. So um, to make Benicia, to keep Benicia where it is now, our small town charm and all of our services and, and improving the roads, I, I believe in this tax.
3: Well, isn't yeah, Measure C type. still ongoing, though? Yes. And weren't we promised that Measure C would also take care of our roads?
1: It, Along with a lot of other things along with a new stadium at the high school. And, you know, it's improved. We've been able to, you know, better support our police and fire with with those funds. It just hasn't gotten us where we need to be with the roads. But uh,
3: I'm just curious, uh, you know, uh, things like the stadium at the school and, uh, you know, some of the other infrastructure projects. So those projects have already uh, started, I imagine, and are, are... you know, in the process of being paid for. Uh, As those projects wind down, measure C is is still in place. Couldn't more funds go from those infrastructure projects that are completed into roads so that we didn't have to have a three-quarter percent uh, sales tax increase?
1: The bottom line is I trust our financial folks at at City Hall, if they say they need th- the this additional money to fix our roads, and Venetians have said very loudly that they want better roads, mm-hmm. then then I'm for it.
2: Would there be any other way of raising that money without having to raise, uh, uh, put another increase on sales tax? Because mm-hmm. I'm just wondering for about smaller businesses the and well, the b- yeah. businesses
0: in Benicia, and also it, another tax on, say, you know, the residents in Benicia. I mean, this is just a you know. I'm just looking at it from a, a non-biased perspective here, you know, just looking at it from, just from that. Um,
2: just alternative just ways
0: alternative of getting the money in.
2: Getting it in. So we're talking of five million, are we, which would, which would be generated from Measure R and that would come from the residents of Benicia. Not
1: necessarily. We have a lot of tourists and a lot of out-of-towners that come right.
2: to it. So, so basically, so the, the people that spend the mo- I mean that, the people that spend the money mm-hmm. in Benicia are paying for that. Right. Um, would there, what would be the negative to think to businesses to add another three quarters, you know, another percent, in a th- was it three quarters percent? Three quarters of a percent. What would be the, would would we get the, would we start to sort of feel the pinch on that? Feel the pinch on it in business, saying, well, I'm going to shop in Benicia. What does it compare like to other places around here, for example? It's
1: certainly not the highest, Benicia does not have the highest sales tax in the Bay Area. Um, if the sales tax goes through on, um, in, in, the sales tax increase in, on the ballot in Vallejo this November, mm-hmm. if that goes through, they definitely will have the largest sales tax in Solano County. Mm-hmm. So, um, I you know, the business perspective, in my mind... I think businesses want better roads in in Benicia, mm-hmm. especially here in in the industrial park. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: well, no, they, I must admit the the roads in the industrial park are some of them are better, much better than they were, but others are really struggling. But but and that but, hurts but then, transport. But then, yes, but who uses a lot of the industrial park is used by Valero, for example. Would Vene Would it not be worth working with Valero because I understand that they pay significantly less from the water? Terry's mentioned that to me in the past. Would it not be better to maybe say, okay, as an alternative to increasing the sales tax, ask them to contribute more. I mean, you had this idea, didn't you? Maybe we talked about it earlier. Well, you know,
3: Valero has a vested interest. They're not moving out of Benicia. It's the newest (coughs) refinery in California, and it's one of the safest. But, uh, you know, perhaps there's some way that... Valero could partner with Benicia either since they're getting a reduced water rate. Maybe they could take on some of the burden burden of our water infrastructure to you know offset the city's outlay for that in exchange for some considerations of some sort. You know, uh, you know, I like to think outside the box a little bit, and I just think that we have, uh, you know, we have a partnership with Valero whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going anywhere, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. Uh, and really, the infrastructure of Valero needs to be maintained. They need to help us maintain our infrastructure, so that they're a good partner with us, whether they want to be or not. Mm-hmm. And agree. you know, and I'm not against monitoring the air quality. I breathe the air here too. Absolutely. And uh, I think your idea of getting additional air monitoring. Uh, For Valero and the pollutants that they may or may not have been telling us about for many years. I think it's a wonderful idea. But uh, I also, you know, uh, I'm not necessarily, you know, you have to understand now, I'm in the automotive industry now. So I... Uh, i hope cent. you like
1: evs <laughs>
3: well i i think that uh, the used gasoline really? car market is going to take off around yeah. 2034 that's 30. a whole other
0: that's a whole nother, but that's a whole other podcast <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Get, getting back onto that getting though back no, on just that finish thing.
3: off mark cuz so, that's interesting so so you know uh, like you were against the uh, the rail car shipment of oil i would have i would have been for that because they're already mm-hmm. bringing in rail cars of very toxic materials mm-hmm. molten sulfur other things that are being used in their asphalt plant uh i don't necessarily see the the danger of having extra oil brought in by rail
0: yeah there was an accident in canada i think a while back i think that's, that's what when we were considering the, considering, cons- the con- the considering but i um have a lot of sort of rail knowledge of i've worked i've Done a lot of volunteering on railways as well, and mm-hmm. um, I'm very pro uh, public transport, rail, anything like that. And if anything can be moved by, not i said rail, but that's like as another different, different, different uh, kettle of fish. Bring it back it, to what I said was: that, that. is
2: there alternatives to raising the? Raising no, I'm just trying to work out: is there alternatives? You know, the city said they need five million. The first thing we you see, maybe Have it's not, the, fir- maybe, I mean, on it's the, not the first thing, but they're saying let's raise sales tax. However, as Mark has said, maybe there's an alternative way without raising sales tax to improve. See, I mean, I look around the industrial park and a lot of the vehicles coming in and out are coming in and out of Valea, right. At Valero. Right. I mean, they're using the roads hugely right. around here. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: in addition to the, the water rates, the uh, very generous water rates that we give them, Valero also enjoys very low property taxes as well. So if th- our biggest our largest industrial neighbor could step up, pay their fair share for their water and their property taxes, that would go a long way being a good neighbor. A, yeah. yeah, yeah and this I'm is true. So that,
2: that would go a long way to, to providing us and improving. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're talking about the industrial state it's based around Valero, and oh, it's going back to you know. my
0: first podcast about being, yeah. you know, a good neighbor and um, all these things. Is you know how you be a part of the community is by being a good neighbor, offering, you know, like doing voluntary things, you know, helping out the community. You know, you may not like specifically that business, but it, working with the business to, um, you know, to work with everybody. And provide things. Yeah. Can you know, can,
1: can I say a little bit I about think, that, Ruben
0: Yeah, and I think sure. we have to. Conclude and then we're going to have well, to conclude it. If you want to give us yeah. a final
2: message, you no, just say a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the producer, so I'm just letting you know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I have talked to the general manager at Valero, and I have told him. He has said that he wants to be you know, he wants Valero to be the last refinery standing in the Bay Area. Because we're not going to, eventually, if California is going to reach its climate action goals and only sell hybrid and EV cars after 2035, then Californians won't need as much fossil fuel. If that's our future, then we're not going to need all all of the B- Bay Area refineries. And Valero in my opinion, should be the last refinery standing in the Bay Area. And what why I'm running for city council is because I want to ensure that Valero is the best neighbor that they can be. And that means being transparent with us, letting us know what they're emitting into, into our community, and not secretly emitting toxic chemicals for over... 15 years and then you know uh saying sorry and and you know we need yeah. we need to know accountability. what's it, accountability we need a trusted relationship mm. with the ref, with the refinery and frankly right now that trust is broken because of these secret toxic emissions uh for for the last
0: but, look, but like you said seven? again though we're going back to the I'll bring it back to public transport um with we need to have a decent public transport infrastructure as well as well as you know because having just all electric and all hybrid just that isn't going to work alone in my opinion but but, it,
1: but hybrid and electric public transportation will
0: yes yeah, so having okay a mixture of both but yeah thank you so much again for coming on and Telling us about what you're going to offer. It's been absolutely a pleasure having you on. um, And it's been a pleasure having our guests on here as well. Thank you, Ruben. Uh, Thank you. And thank you, Andy. Thank you, uh, Mark. My pleasure. And uh, again, thank you, Kerry. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, And stay tuned for the next episode of the Benicia Voice Podcast. And uh, hope you all have a good rest of your week and weekend.
2: Take care. Bye bye.